Discover FX's Shogun, the official podcast available now. Every legend begins with a story. Listen and explore episode by episode the story of war, passion, and power set in feudal Japan. Join host Emily Yoshida each week with the creators, cast, and crew in this exclusive companion podcast. They dive deep into the twists and turns of the plot, go behind the scenes, and explore the real-life history that informed the limited series based on James Clavell's best-selling novel. Search FX's Shogun wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode of Stuff They Don't Want You To Know is brought to you by Alienware. During Dell Tech Fest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor. Featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Tax season is approaching, bringing potential extra cash your way. Rather than spending it all on an expensive deal filled with yada yada from your current wireless plan, consider switching to Metro by T-Mobile for no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada you don't take yada yada in life don't take yada yada from your wireless provider metro by t-mobile has no contracts no credit checks no surprises and nada yada yada stop by one of over six thousand metro stores nationwide from ufos to psychic powers and government conspiracies history is riddled with unexplained events you can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul, Mission Control Deccan. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. This is a little bit of a of a weird episode for us because in a in a few of our recent shows uh, we had touched on the idea of emergency preparation, right? We had uh, we had mentioned building out bug out bags just just in passing. Remember, um, we we didn't go too into depth, but I don't know about you guys. I was uh, surprised that so many of our fellow listeners wrote into us on uh, you know. Facebook or Twitter and asked us to make an episode just about bug out bags. Uh, did, did you guys see any of that? Yeah, yeah. That I mean, I think it's an important thing that maybe we don't think about in our busy lives all the time. 
that we need to be prepared in case something goes down all of a sudden. Uh, we we learned it personally, I think. We we had a close encounter with something like this when snowpocalypse occurred in mm-hmm. Atlanta, when we realized, oh, well, if something does go wrong, and let's say our, even your vehicle is a, has to be abandoned, is there enough stuff in your vehicle to be safe for a night, two nights, 48 hours? And we noticed a response with, with everyone listening that they also wanted to know this information. Yeah. And uh, so this episode is going to be a little bit different from some of our, our our previous episodes. I don't know about you all, but I don't think this will include anything, quote unquote, crazy. But, you know, perhaps we've already drifted past our old definitions of normalcy nowadays. Uh Anyhow, in this episode, we're going to walk through what a bug out bag is, whether you need one, what you should put in it, what you should watch out for along the way, and maybe reveal some of our own hard, uh, hard learned lessons here. Guys, uh, you know, we can see each other right now, but our fellow listeners can't. Uh, you all look great, by the way. I, w- I want to point out I'm wearing my old, uh, what, my old, old jacket that I used to live in. Seriously, for three months, I lived in this jacket because I was not prepared. And I. Well, it's sort of I, like a utility belt of a jacket, right? Like it's got all these pockets where you can put all kinds of necessities uh, in there, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. And I never. Uh, I never thought that I would have to use it that way, but I got caught out because I wasn't planning ahead. I'm a fan of improvisation, but in this in this sort of situation, we do need to plan. So, can you tell us just a little bit of like high level info on what happened, or is it uh, a mystery? Just about how you found yourself in that kind of situation? Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> I I screwed up, Matt. That's exactly what happened. I I screwed up. I was living abroad, and I thought at the time that the uh, hostel I was staying in was going to, well, like a hostel, I don't know, these people that I lived with, I thought it was going to be a safe, pretty reliably consistent uh, domicile situation. I traveled to another town, and I couldn't find a place to live there. So I was sleeping rough unless I literally, like, made friends with someone on the street and trusted them enough to sleep at their house, which, you know, I, I'm not a fan of that. So, yeah. But, but the, your jacket or having something on you that you could carry a couple of things on you became really important. Oh yeah, man. This is, this is ridiculous. This actually used to be a different color, uh, but it got so sunbaked and dirty and like I was washing it in a river and stuff. It was weird. Well, I think that very much applies to today's episode that we're, we're going to be getting into. Just the concept that uh, I would say a lot of us, but me personally, I walk around with two pockets, no, four pockets in in my pants. And that's about it. I guess there's a fifth little tiny one that you can fit a USB drive or you something. You don't go for the cargo pants, Matt? You're not a cargo guy? Well, I, I haven't been lately. Maybe I need to switch over. Uh, in these times, at least. But uh, most of us, if we're walking around, we don't have a lot of storage on us unless you got a really good jacket or something. 
you know what? I get a lot of crap for this, uh, from my daughter included, but I am a big fan of a satchel. I carry, I have several, uh, shoulder bags and I carry them for that very reason because I don't want to stuff my pockets with crap. And if I have like a little nice low profile shoulder bag, I can put all the little things in it that I might need, whether it's like nose spray or breath mints or, you know, a batarang, what, what have you. I've got it all in there in my little utility satchel and, uh, I, I get a lot of crap for it, but I, I, stand by it. You know what? Ben got me this, I think it's called a Supreme bag. I think that's what it's called, but it's a small bag. It looks almost like a fanny pack, but a little larger and much cooler, but you can put it over your shoulder. When I was watching my son for about a week, week and a half, uh, that became like, I had to have that. If I didn't have that bag, that had like snack or food for him, water for him, all the basic necessities. If I didn't have a small bag like that, I would have been out of luck. So um, that kind of thing that you're talking about, Noel, is could be really helpful. I and can it's see fashionable it. too, Matt. It's fashionable too. And Noel, one thing I would point out about your your satchel strategy is I like that you also have all your all your bags that I've seen have these uh, highly adjustable straps, so you can put it really close to your back, mm-hmm. which is great uh, in a um, in a situation where you need to keep an eye on snatch and grabs. And it also it, it kind of transforms it into a single strap backpack. I think that's really smart. Totally, you can wear it up high on the small of your back if you're riding a bike, like as a messenger bag. I even have one that has a cross chest attachment that allows you to really wear it up high on the back and gives you more support. Um, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big fan and I will never let uh, an 11 year old bully me into thinking otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I, I agree, you know, uh, Matt, Paul, and I have your back on that one, of course. Uh, but eleven-year-olds uh, are some of the most powerful, brilliant uh, people <laughs> in the true. world. It's so true. We we would have to team up, but we've got your back. Uh, before we get into today's show, uh, how about we do a quick, just very quick Twitter roll call? Yes. Shout out to Grumman six hundred who posted to conspiracy stuff to let us know the breaking news as we record this. It's been confirmed. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson has tested positive for COVID nineteen. Did you guys hear about that? I yeah. did just this morning. Yeah, that's and crazy. All, another secretary that's high level also tested positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And wasn't there an official that was a, or maybe an unofficial, I think it was an evangelist who was a COVID denier, uh, has now tested positive as well. It's, oh, called, called, it's called karma right there. Yeah, we're getting to the point where instead of knowing of famous, notable figures in the world getting COVID, you may soon, by the time this episode comes out, you may personally know someone who is confirmed to have contracted it. But again, the U.S., unlike the rest of the developed world, is not rolling out testing in a very efficient way. And so now that many of us are forced to contemplate the the sudden and unexpected changes in our day-to-day lives and status quo, we also have to think about how we will adapt if our normal environment, whether that's our our home space or, you know, our neighborhood, uh, how do we adapt if that place becomes either unsustainable at some point or dangerous. You know, what do we do if we have to get out or what do we do if our normal methods of survival, like running water, uh, easily available food and so on, what what do we do if they run out and we have to survive until help gets to us? That's where a bug out bag comes in. So here are the facts. 
Uh, this is a question that I had. I'd never heard this term before, bug out bag. I'd love to explore a little more about where that comes from. But another term for it is a go bag. Um, at its most basic essence, it's really just a, a, a bag that contains those bare necessities that you really need to have handy. And the contents can vary. We're going to get into that. But here are some of the reasons you might need uh, to have one of these ready. Uh, the one I always think of is if, you know, uh, you're you, you're some kind of high-level criminal and you've been found out and you'd go on the lamb or maybe change an identity. That's sort of the more like alarmist, uh, fiction-y type one, but it's, it's not entirely fictional. Um, so maybe you need to leave one location for another, um, or you're stranded in a location, uh, like you said at the beginning of the show, Matt, with the snowpocalypse, um, and being able to need to survive using your car as a temporary domicile, um, in really, uh, difficult conditions, um, climate-wise. Um, or you're forced to be mobile for some amount of time. That's a little more of the, uh, potential on the lamb, or just potential like you need to be on the move for whatever reason there's many reasons this could be the case well well yeah the the whole point is there are endless reasons that you may need to do one of those things be mobile if you get stranded or you just need to leave for one reason or another and it could be due to a natural disaster some kind of you know i mean the reality of Maybe an active shooter somewhere near you, uh, your car breaks down, maybe you're in the middle of a pandemic and civilization seems to be collapsing all around you. The, the whole idea is that when you have access to a bug out bag that you have prepared carefully, this thing can keep you safe and healthy for at least a temporary amount of time. And we'll talk about exactly how long you can essentially set your, go, your bug out bag or your go bag to last you. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a key part here. It is meant to keep you safe and healthy for a temporary amount of time because one of the golden rules is that you you typically want to be able to pack no more than you can carry for a sustained amount of time by yourself, even if you have friends and family with you. So to that question, where does the term come from? We've heard it called a a bug out bag, a go bag, a go home bag. But the origin of bug out bag is largely believed to come from what was once known as a bailout bag used by pilots and aviators in the military. So back in the day, the bailout bag had a couple of items that were critical for pilots if they were shot down or if they experienced an engine malfunction and they landed in the middle of nowhere or even enemy territory and things like a knife, you know, compass, uh, basic survival gear. Of course, you know, remember when you're putting together your bug out bag, you're probably not going to be jumping out of a plane. You're probably not going to commandeer an island or do any sort of, you know, movie stuff, the John Wick Mission Impossible type situations. You're just making sure that you're as safe and healthy as possible while you either reach permanent safety or get emergency assistance. Uh, one other seed we want to plant here the old bailout bags used in air forces did used to contain, at least according to the stories, did used to contain um, a a small amount of like gold or silver bullion. And that's been the subject of a lot of alarmist uh, prepping industry sales points now, you know, uh, but we'll, we'll get back to that. So another question you would probably have to ask uh, in a question many of our fellow listeners have received in the past is, is it crazy? Is it overkill to have a bug out bag? The answer is in general, no, no, it's not. It depends on how weird you get with it. You will get reactions, though 
from maybe a lot of, depending on who you surround yourself with. But I just know my immediate family and friends are like, you, you have what, what's, what do you have in your car? What, why would you do that? And then you have to explain. And then a lot of times you'll notice people are, um, a little more understanding, I guess, after you give them all the the reasons. But yeah, I, I would say I have encountered that uh, sentiment quite often. Well, it's one of those things that's really easy to pass judgment on until, you know, the situation uh, reveals itself where you were actually the smart one, you know? I mean, like what we're in right now or the snowpocalypse situation. I mean, I don't think anyone would judge you if you had made the right preparations and then that that situation presented itself and you were much more able to take care of yourself and your loved ones than others who maybe thought that was a wacky idea. So I think reducing the stigma of things like this is really important because it's not just some kind of doomsday prepper thing. You know, I think maybe the term bug out bag makes you think like, oh, I'm bugging out. I'm freaking out. Everything's crazy, you know. But um, no, it's absolutely just good emergency preparedness, right? It's Mm. it's an emergency preparedness set. There you go. That (laughs) sounds a little little more legit. I like to maybe we just call it um, maybe call it an improvisation kit. I don't know. Love that. Yeah, something a, a, little, a yes and bag. <laughs> a yes and bag. There we go. That's good. So, yeah, it's possible, like any anything, it's possible to go overboard when building out kit like this. But most of the most of the stuff, at least that we would cover or that we would we would recommend looking into, is pretty reasonable. And a lot of it, depending on the time you want to put in uh, and your level of uh, MacGyverance, depending on your MacGyver factor, a lot of this can be made with easily obtainable supplies. That's really important right now uh, as we record this. There's a lot of information out there about preparedness, about bug out bags, and uh, some of it is misinformed. Uh, Some of it is coming from uh, a place with an agenda. It's coming from folks who want to sell you something. And this can lead to overkill. More importantly, it can lead to spending a lot of money on things you don't need. Well, like bone broth? Yeah, like bone broth uh, or gold bullion or, uh, you know, paying paying out the wazoo for something that's kind of cheaply made and may actually break if you ever use it on a regular basis. So, like, uh, for an overkill thing, you don't need to pack huge amounts of heavy equipment. You need stuff you can carry and you can use. So this gets us to different, like, types of bug-out bags. Matt, you mentioned there was a, a tradi- traditionally they're defined by the amount of time, right? What, what is that amount of time for you guys? Usually it goes by hours, but it's really like a day. Like you would do a 24-hour bug bug out bag. Um, that's kind of your just standard. This is the absolute minimum that I would need to be okay for a full day and night. Um, and then you – it generally goes from that to two days, like 48-hour bug out bag. Um, the cool thing about these things is that let's say you've got a 24-hour or 48-hour bag set up as a singular thing. Let's say in your trunk, you keep extra supplies that would turn that into a 96 hour or longer bug out bag situation, just because you, the only things really that are limiting you there would be your, um, your food, your water, things that would run out. Because a lot of the tools and things you keep in a bug out bag aren't going to limit you by a number of hours. Right, right, right. Uh, the the hour limitation or the hour definition there is going to really hinge on 
three things. It's going to hinge on, well, let's call it 3.5. It's going to hinge on the amount of food you need to survive every 24 hours, the amount of water you need, which is even more important, and uh, the amount of medication you need. If you're on a regular uh, medication schedule that's vital to your health. So this means that a bug out bag can be defined also by what it's not. It is not a long-term survival kit. You know what I mean? You're not going to take this stuff in here and build a cabin and just live there forever. It's not a boating or aviation emergency kit. Uh, You can put it in the trunk of your car, but for an auto survival kit specifically, there's going to be things in that kit that you don't need to have in a bug out bag, right? Like you don't need fix a flat in your bug out bag. You don't need... uh, But you do need it in your car. But you do need it in your car, absolutely. Uh, and you can carry more in your car, too, obviously. I think that's a really smart way of looking at it, Ben, because no one would ever begrudge you keeping supplies in your car, you know, for the event of a breakdown, right? But yet people seem to look askance if you have some sort of, like, c- contingency plan bag for, like, some other, you know, larger emergency that is not automotive-related. So I, I think that's a really good point. It's weird because... I guess it's all in presentation, right? Like the um, the the stuff that I would keep in my car, I do have it. I do have it separated out. Uh, but there's the car stuff, you know, like the signal flares, that kind of that kind of thing, jumper cables, and then there's the bag you can grab. But it doesn't look as crazy if it's in your trunk, right? Because everybody's right. got <laughs> weird stuff in their trunks. Well, hey, speaking of trunks, uh, guys, why don't we why don't we start going through like what we have? I'd love to give you guys a rundown of my bug out trunk, uh, <laughs> you know, before we get on too further in this. But before we do that, maybe let's take a quick word from our sponsor. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. There's plenty to celebrate in March and
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com all right we're back uh matt i'm intrigued what, what's are you gonna give us the the rundown are you gonna do an unboxing video okay so before we get into no i'm not gonna do an unboxing video but before we get into you know what you should probably be thinking about putting in your bug out bag i just want to kind of give you my rundown and i'd love to hear you guys just what you keep with yours if that's okay um, so first of all, I've got an old, old, old Toyota that I ride around in. And in the trunk, I've got sleeping bags for my family, blankets, jackets, bottled water for at least two days, energy bars for at least two days, a fully charged battery-powered generator back there. And and those are just the basic things at, in like if, if the car breaks down or something and we need to walk a la a snowpocalypse or something like that. Then we've got uh, my bug out bag itself. Should we go over that yet, or should we? Do, do you mind? I'm all ears, man. Go ahead. Yeah. So I've personally got clothes for two days for myself: a lighter, a flashlight with batteries, small knife, scissors, just basic toiletries like travel toiletries for that'll last for you know whatever a week or something. Wet wipes and paper towels, contact lenses, passport, two hundred dollars cash. Spare house key, spare car key, a Sharpie black pen, and extra eyeglasses. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, and here's the things that I'm putting in here that I need to put in there, which is something that I hadn't really been thinking about, but while prepping for this episode, I'm thinking I should probably get a small tent of some sort or a tent that could sleep up to three people just when I'm thinking about my family and if we're traveling together. Um, yeah. And the other thing I don't have in there is um, a really good first aid kit that's compact. I'm looking, I'm in the market for one of those. So if you find a good one, let me know. Now, here's a question for you, Matt. Why not have a uh, small compact handgun in there? I'm, I'm, I'm not being, I'm not joking. That is more of a personal question to my family situation. And just, it's weird, right? Having a small handgun and having a four-year-old or, you know, a young child, it's like, you can either protect your family or something terrible can happen And the statistics show that it's more dangerous in most scenarios to have a handgun around a younger child. Um, even if you're trying to protect yourself from other people with handguns. So that's a personal, a very personal choice. Absolutely. Um, and it is not my decision. Actually, I got to defer to, uh, the most powerful person in this relationship, which is my wife. So she doesn't want it. So it's not going to happen. Um, I would very much like to have something like that, but it's not going to happen anytime soon. Got it. So, um, with, with that in mind, I, I think you've done, I think you've done a good job, Matt. I want to make sure I didn't miss this. Do you have a, like a multi-tool, like a Leatherman or anything like that in there? 
That is exactly what I need. It's exactly what I need too. I've got that okay. on my list of needs as well as um, purification tablets I don't have right now or yep, any kind yep. of masks or a good antibacterial sanitizer just given the circumstances. Mm-hmm. And the last thing that I absolutely need that I don't have is a life straw. Life I was straw, just about yeah. to ask about that. Yeah, Ben, you were always singing the praises of life straws. You want to remind listeners what the, what those are? Yeah, life straws are a, a pretty handy invention. Uh, they are or were relatively inexpensive uh, things that allow you to drink water from, say, a puddle or something uh, without necessarily having to boil it. Uh, and the, the cool thing about the filter is it really is it's a cylindrical, it, it looks like a cylindrical overly thick straw or tube. And the way the filter works is such that you can sip directly from the water source. It'll go through the filter and be safe to drink in most circumstances. Now, it doesn't filter out everything, of course. You're not going to show up to Chernobyl and uh, find an irradiated puddle and drink from that, but it it is great to have in a pinch. Uh, It's it's no replacement for having those uh, purification tabs, though. Uh, So I would ideally recommend having both of them. But that goes to the question, what should be in my bug-out bag, we ask each other. To answer that, we have to talk about a couple of very important uh, things. There's no silver bullet bug out bag. There's no like one stop panacea for everyone because we live in different parts of the world. Yeah. And that being said, you really have to consider your surroundings. That's that's the big number one. Um, do you live in a cold, arid part of the world, humid, hot region? Uh, you'll need some different things depending on where you are and what season is it. Um, secondly, you need to keep in mind how long you want your supplies to last you. Uh, the typical bug out bag is 72 hours, like we said, but you can plan for more or less if you think 24 hours is fine. Uh, it seems like a bare minimum to me. Are you packing just for yourself or like Matt are you having to consider a small child and and another human being another full-grown adult um, this is these are very crucial questions and are going to very much uh, change um, the trajectory of, of, of the project um, all of these factors are going to play a huge role in your construction of said bug out bag you'll also want to check back in on your bag every six months to make sure that everything still works um, do a little maintenance make sure nothing's expired and everything remains seasonally appropriate you do not want to have your car break down in the middle of nowhere at the height of summer only to find that your emergency change of clothes is like a sweater and some gloves or, or something like that and some leg warmers. I am know. definitely guilty of that. For a while, my bug out bag looked like like a gym bag or something, you know, with like the, the minimum amount of clothing. And then it got into the winter and I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> I haven't changed this. <laughs> right. But it's okay. Well, full, full disclosure to you guys, I'm learning a lot here because my bug out bag literally is a gym bag uh, and, and, and then it's just a gym bag and I don't even go to the gym very often. So uh, I am going to take some cues from you guys uh, along with listeners, hopefully. Um, so I'm really ready to, to dive in even further. Yeah, I want to go ahead and preemptively give a shout out to all our fellow listeners on Here's Where It Gets Crazy, specifically uh, Shea or Shay S-H-E-A. Uh, Parazine on Here's Where It Gets Crazy, who asked people what they put in their bug out bags. There's a great conversation going on around that, and you'll see that not everybody agrees, and you'll also see that people are in very different situations, to your point, Noel. Uh, so let's 
let's say like the one rule is you ideally want to have this ready before you need it. So we've got a list of what we consider more or less essentials. And then we've got a list of things that are nice to have, but not mandatory. And then we've got a list of what I would call extreme things. So essentials, backpack, container. You know, I would say this can be anything that works for you as long as you're able to carry it easily under your own power. And it's something that is waterproof. A, that's non-negotiable or water resistant. Uh, I don't, you know, not everybody agrees on this, but I would say backpacks are, backpacks are going to be great because if they have two straps, it's going to be less fatiguing on your body to carry it over a long period of time. You know, if you've ever carried something really heavy in like, I have messenger bags, and if you walk around um, for hours with those, then you have to switch to different shoulders and it can start it can start wearing on you differently. That's a good point, Ben. I can speak to that personally. Yeah, and a nice kind of camping type backpack would probably be the way to go because they're usually just a giant, big, kind of like uh, empty area without too many pockets and you can just like fit as much stuff in there as, as you possibly can and then just cinch it up at the top and then sometimes there's pockets on the side like I have a pretty nice camping backpack that's just one big huge cavity in the middle and then a couple of small pockets on the side and one big pocket on the back and that's all you need you don't need anything super fancy yeah and a lot of those backpacks are expandable a bit in case you do find yourself in a situation where you need to expand your kit so I, I would say that's a really good call. Now, let me ask you this, listeners. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you were physically panicking because your phone was about to die and there was no electricity nearby and you rely so heavily on your phone for everything from communication to directions to just like peace of mind? Um, that's something you really need to take into consideration. I mean, I, I would add to this list, if you, if you are uh, going to need to lean on your phone, bring several of those like, you know, bricks that you can always recharge your phone with without having to, you know, have any electricity. But more importantly, you need to discount your phone entirely and have a physical map and a compass, you know, analog technology, right? This stuff holds up uh, splendidly. I mean, it's, it's, it's really crucial. You might have a regional map um, or a particular city or a U.S. atlas, but the compass is going to be key because it doesn't require any electricity. It's absolutely lightweight, easy to carry around, and it can absolutely be uh, the difference between life and death. If you're, say, lost in the woods and you need to find your way out to the highway or, or whatever, there, it's just a, a crucial piece of, of kit for, 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 for sure. You know, Ben, do you have a good compass? I, I do not have one in, in my kit right now. Yeah, I have my, oh, well, I say it's good. It just hasn't broken yet. Uh, yeah, well, sure. That's great. Yeah, I have my old, um, my old reliable. I haven't dug, dug it out of uh, my bag yet. I'll, I'll get the brand name and, and look it up. But I would say uh, that's a good point. A compass is a good investment. You're going to see there, there are some things especially multi-tools that are next multi-tools or survival knives are sometimes called. That's another essential there. There's some of those that will include maybe a little, uh, dinky compass on, on the end of the, uh, the knife handle or whatever, but a compass is lightweight enough that you want a dedicated one that, that just does that. Even though I'm a huge proponent of things with multiple applications, you want a compass that is just a compass because uh, if you get one that's just sort of an add-on to uh, an existing multi-tool or apparatus, then it's it, the odds are it's not going to be as well made, which means it won't be as durable. 
which means at some point, you know, I, I don't know. There, there are some different kind of like bear grills type things you can do to make, make your own quote unquote compass in the wild, but just buy one if you can, because they're not going to break the bank. What are we talking? Like 20 bucks, 30 bucks. Uh, less? Yeah. yeah uh, you can find some used ones for less. If you go to like your local camping or military, or if you go to your local military surplus store, you can find some used ones for less. Uh, you can also find, I mean, like anything, there, there's a wide range there. For but, sure. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay, like, I wouldn't treat a compass like a fancy watch. I wouldn't not pay a premium for one. You just need it to work. There's definitely some that look like fancy watches, and they're in the, like, $70 range. But there's yeah. one called a Silva Guide Explorer 2.0 compass that you can get at Cabela's at 25 bucks, and it looks uh, pretty, pretty sturdy. And there's, there's a whole range of them, so absolutely. Mm-hmm. Whoa, yeah. on Amazon, I just found it's a paracord bracelet with yeah. a fire starter and a compass on it. And and that paracord bracelet is one of the ones where you can disassemble the bracelet and it becomes like a piece of rope that you can use. Isn't that the deal? Yeah, five fifty paracord. It's uh, it's it's kind of a gold standard for that sort of stuff because you can use it to bind. You can use it to help hang up a tarp. Uh, that's actually on the list later here, but I I don't want to lose that. A knife or a multi tool, or if you're uh, if if you're so inclined, a machete, of course. Uh, multi tools are great. You, you you know the multi tool that's probably most familiar with people is going to be the the stereotypical uh, the iconic Swiss Army knife, right? But that's that's just the beginning. Like Leatherman has some great multi tools, but they're they're in the pricier range. You know, think like a uh, hundred dollars plus for some, uh, but they include things. Uh, they they include like nineteen or 18 different things like a leather awl, a small saw, you know, pliers, of course, tiny scissors, things like that. A can opener, right? You basically, a multi-tool is a great example of uh, something in your bug out bag that fulfills multiple uses, restricting, you know, it lowers the amount of weight you're carrying because if you had to carry a screwdriver, a pocket knife, uh, a corkscrew, a can opener, all this other stuff separately. It gets heavy very quickly, and weight is your enemy here. That's why with fire starters, next on the list, uh, you'll see people who say, I'm not going to bother having a canister of matches. I'm not going to bother having, you know, um, a lighter because it needs fuel. I'm just going to carry a flint and steel striker kit. And those things work, man, but they are they're a pain, I, I personally have some redundancy. I have a, I have a lighter, a striker kit, and, and a, a little thing of waterproof matches just because I don't want to need a fire and not be able to make it. Also, a little life hack there. Uh, if you have access to a home washer dryer, you can collect dryer lint. I think somebody also mentioned this, and here's where it gets crazy. You can collect dryer lint and compress it into a into a really small uh, container. Maybe take uh, like an old prescription bottle or something. Just stuff that with dryer lint, and then you can use that as your tinder to make a fire. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, I'm gonna do that today. And it's a good, you know, you know, it's like you clean out your dryer trap. I, it's so fun. You're like, I don't want to throw this away. This stuff is like gold. There must be a use for it. And and there there we are. There's a use for it. 
So Matt, you had mentioned first aid supplies. First aid supplies. I'm going to say it. You can you can find some some good pre-made first aid kits, but you can find even more uh, mediocre first aid kits. What you yeah. want to do, yeah, and and a lot of the like really good comprehensive ones are going to be uh, fairly expensive, especially now. Uh, so I would recommend making your own kit. Uh, get any necessary medicine right. that you will need. Bandages, disinfectant, painkillers. Uh, you know, some people include stuff that other people consider unnecessary. Like a lot of people have, like if you have a tourniquet, you are you might be considered a little too extreme for some people. Uh, but you know, you might also be in a situation where you say, "Hey, I have a real possibility of losing a limb." You know? No, that's true. We're going to pause for a moment for a word from our sponsors, and we're going to come back and, and run through our essentials before we get to the nice stuff and the extreme stuff. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March, and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com all right we're back next up a flashlight some people say a headlamp i would say a flashlight it works um if you're in a car you might want to put in signal flares you know roadside accident kit stuff but if you're on foot 
or you're on a bike or something, it's good to have a flashlight with you. But remember, a flashlight is only as useful as the battery power. So if you decide to have a flashlight, you are also deciding to have extra batteries or some sort of charging mechanism for that. Be careful, you know. Not, I mean, like we've all seen the horror movies. Maybe some of us have personally encountered it. But there's nothing quite as discouraging as being in the dark and seeing your flashlight start to flicker. That's that's never a good look. Yeah, my recommendation would be a some kind of LED flashlight that doesn't use a ton of power just to make it work correctly and just a few extra batteries considering how long you want your bag to function. Yeah, exactly. Uh, then, you know, water purification tabs work. You're also going to want to carry at the very minimum containers for water or a water bladder. Some people use like a camelback, for instance, but you you have to have those. That's non-negotiable. Uh, one difference would be some people will say, hey, why don't I just carry that? Why don't I just have the container itself? And then other people say, no, I want to already have water stored in there. Uh, there are a couple of different reasons people make that decision. But if you decide to just carry a bladder or a container, then make extra sure that you know you will be able to have water that you, to find water that you can put in that container. Otherwise, you're just lugging around uh, something empty. You know what I mean? So I, I think you can tell by the way I'm talking that I'm a proponent of already having the water with you. But I guess the drawback there is that, you know, water is heavy. Exactly. Nail on the head. Speaking of nails, what about a, what about a repair kit? You know, we mentioned things are different if you're, if you're thinking about something you store in your car. But even if you're on foot, you want to have, uh, you want to have some amount of, Rope or binding implements, 550 paracord, maybe some, uh, what are they called? Carabiners? Carabiners? I never mm -hmm. remember how to pronounce those. I think those. it's beaners. Beaners. Yeah, you want to have some carabiners. Uh, and you want to have duct tape. It's Duct tape is not, I know we're based in the South, but please don't think duct tape is somehow just quote unquote for rednecks. Duct Dixie tape Chrome. Is, <laughs> it's so useful it's so versatile oh my god you, know what you I mean? can use it to wrap if you if you hurt yourself you in a pinch you could use it to wrap a wound you know mm -hmm. or use it to create a makeshift brace like if you had like a piece of a stick or something you could like use the duct tape to uh, attach it to a fracture in multiple locations and it wouldn't be perfect but it would definitely get the job done in a pinch right absolutely and, you know, you might be in a situation where you have to get the job done in a pinch. You might be someone who uh, bought a, a bargain basement first aid kit and you get a serious injury and you're like, oh, I don't have the means to stitch something up. I guess it's the duct tape because these Band-Aids aren't going to do it. You know, no offense, Johnson & Johnson. You also want some sort of emergency shelter. This is This can be a tough one for people in relationships because sometimes we have different definitions of what an <laughs> right. acceptable shelter is right yeah like one of those fire festival geodesic domes or something you know right and then uh someone else might say well i am not gonna live like a hobo sleeping with a tarp on the ground and a tarp between these trees right yeah, or, i need a bespoke you know heated tent right yeah i'm a glamper not a camper right exactly You'll, you'll, that's why you'll see things like emergency blankets, great to have, uh, especially if you're in a situation where 
things are very cold or where somebody might be exposed to water or, you know, the, their body temperature, the core temperature might be dropping. Uh, there are some chemical hand warmers that I that work well, but they're single use. So after you've cracked them open, they'll and after their after their first use, they're going to be useless to you. Uh, I I personally I keep a tarp and uh, a small tent and a uh, and an emergency blanket, but that's it. And that's that's just me, and that's because I still have that in my car. Yeah, it, I would say a tarp and just a small spool of twine goes a long way. Yeah. So that you can, because the tarps have little little uh, grommets on the sides, so you mm-hmm. can use it to attach to a tree like a makeshift shelter. You know, you, you don't like, let, let's, let's just make it clear, you don't have to like sleep directly on the ground covered by the tarp. You can kind of rig it up so it creates almost like a little uh, awning kind of, and then you're sheltered from the rain, and then you can kind of like lay a blanket out underneath it, and it's a pretty solid little makeshift shelter. And and if you're in uh, if you're in an environment where you can take uh, found materials like sticks in the woods or uh, you know whatever you find laying around in an urban environment, you can you can position your tarp when you string it up like you just said, Noel. You can position your tarp uh, to collect rainwater and go into one of those containers for right. water that you have with you. Uh, and that, of course, only works if it rains and if the rain is not poison. So there are a couple of mm. ifs there. Uh, hopefully we're not in the poison rain stage. I, I don't know this, Ben, but but do you think there's maybe something that would filter rain? If, like, like something you could add to a container that maybe would filter rain if there was any impurities like that and make it guaranteed more safe to drink? Yeah, yeah. You'll still want to boil it if you can. Um, just I in see. general. Yeah, but uh, put in water purification tabs. That's why you want to have those. Uh, you know, it's unfortunately, it's uh, it's safe to assume that you should have some kind of purification filter or process between you and water that you find in the wild now. Like it's if you're like we have the Chattahoochee here. And, you know, if things came worse, came to worse, people would probably go to the river and try to drink or get potable water from there. But even then, uh, you would want to boil it or you would want to purify it somehow. Uh, speaking of that, let's say you've got water. Again, that's the most important thing. If stuff starts going south here, if you think you're going to lose access to water at your house, just start storing it. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll say it. Maybe I'll get in trouble about this. But if we're getting to a point where utilities might no longer be feasible, forget your water bill. Fill up the tub. And fill, <laughs> fill up the tub. You can also empty out the – I know it sounds gross, but it's okay. You can also empty out the top tank of your toilet if you have one with that design. Uh, and you can boil that. We're not at that point yet. Just things to be aware of. Uh, but what good is water – if you don't have food, you'll die in, I think you'll die of starvation in about two weeks without food. But in this situation, you're probably moving around. You're probably in a very stressful environment, which means that your caloric activity your, is is probably going to increase. Yeah, so you're going to need to keep that in mind and uh, pack some sort of high uh, calorie um, and compact food. 
so that would include things like, you know, granola bars or any of those um, energy type bars that, you know, that have a lot of uh, protein built into them. Yeah, or, or you can go the prepackaged route like in a good old fashioned MRE. Those generally are pretty big. Uh, but they are really great for actually getting a ton of calories into you. Um, ben, the, the MR you gave me was, I don't know, the size of a nice tome, like a large tome. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, I've got but... a, I've got one I've got to give to you, Noel, as oh, well. Oh, thanks, bud. I appreciate yeah. it. Um, yeah, no, I can see that would definitely be something you would, you would want to consider. Um, or anything that you could cook on a small you know, gas powered camp stove, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also very important. And you'll like this point, Matt, very important. Uh, people on uh, our fellow listeners will kill us. If we don't mention this very, very important for any of that survival food, pack your own hot sauce, have hot sauce with you. I know it sounds like a cutesy joke thing or something, but it can improve a lot of uh, notoriously bland food. Yep. And if you put hot sauce around on the outside of some of your food containers, it can it can help repel uh, certain wildlife. See, I don't have hot sauce, but I do have red pepper flakes in mine. Uh, nice, nice. Just be, but it's only for taste. I didn't think about any of those things, Ben, actually yeah. repelling things. Well, also, I don't know. I We could talk about MREs all day. Actually, Noel and I did, uh, with Jacqueline Raposo on a different show, Ridiculous History, we did a history of MREs. So tune in if you want to hear that. And if you have MREs and you're like, this is... This is too big for me uh, to put my in my backpack comfortably. Then you can open it up. Go ahead, open it up, break it down, and just take the stuff that you feel like you need. What about like ramen noodles or something? That'd probably be a good one. You could easily do yeah. that over a camp stove, and they can be pretty compact. Those little bricks, you know, or even the or even the cups. It just yeah, takes yeah. more prep, right? Well, you could crumble it up if you just took the, uh, you know, the dry squares. You can crumble it up so that you can uh, store the bag more easily. And then you can just make, you know, you'll just be eating short ramen noodles. That's it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Change of clothes. Change of clothes. Make sure they're seasonally appropriate. Remember extra socks and underwear. Also, if you don't typically wear durable shoes, then, you know, if you have room, I would say include some footwear in there. Uh, but remember, that stuff can be heavy. Like, boots can be real heavy. It can, but you got to think about, like, what that's that's where you start getting really cold and gross is if your one pair of shoes is soaked through, you know, to your feet and it's cold and rainy. You might really consider making room for, like, a nice pair of, like, Gore-Tex boots or something that are, like, very, very weather-resistant. Mm-hmm. Or just wearing those on just the Just wearing daily. them from the start. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yeah. So uh, this is another one. This is something that stood out, Matt. You mentioned this, a stash of cash. So some people will tell you to carry gold bullion around because of that old bailout bag pilot story. But sometimes, be very careful about this, sometimes the people or institutions advocating that are the same people trying to sell you that gold. So do be skeptical of them. Uh, I, I I have cash stashed away. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But I do I do think that, we have to be careful not to pin all our hopes on that because, you know, there may be situations where uh, cash doesn't matter, right? Like we, like here in Atlanta, we've seen a move toward a cashless society that we somewhat predicted in a previous episode. We just didn't see it happening this way. Remember that one, guys? Yeah, I do. 
What I would say is even if you find yourself in that situation where cash doesn't matter anymore, that's going to be worst case scenario, right? I mean, that's oh, yeah. absolutely worst case scenario. And in most uh, scenarios where you would need a go, a go bag, having a little bit of cash is just going to help you either, you know, get whatever extra thing you need for that night or for those two days or to even make not a deal with someone, but to get someone to help you. Yeah. I mean, that is a real thing. Yeah. Another thing that's really helpful to pack in your go bag is the gift of gab, you know? I mean, <laughs> it's really important to be able to, like, negotiate yourself. I'm I'm only half kidding. Like, it really is important, and, and, and Ben and, and you, Matt, are both fantastic at this, uh, being able to kind of talk yourself into and out of tricky situations and convince people to help you. And it's not to say that you're manipulating people or being, uh, you know, in any way duplicitous, but to be able to plainly and simply state your case and put it in a way where people can understand and can actually help you and feel compelled to help you. Well, we all, all three of us are, are podcasters. So I think that applies to you as well, Noel. Oh, thanks, you say, yeah. Uh, just, you know, just to run through these other ones, these are all easy ones. Uh, to the earlier point you made, Noel, about charger bricks, I would, I would recommend in addition to those or in, uh, at the very least in replacement of those, have a solar powered crank charged radio and phone charger of some sort. Yes. They're inexpensive. You can also power up the bricks with that mm -hmm. uh, as long as you have sunlight. I would argue, I would tend to bet there are new ones that maybe even have USB ports built onto them. I, yep. I, I'm just guessing. Yeah, that's I got one kind, of those. Yeah, that's the kind I have. Yeah. Uh, also, I would recommend, of course, like, like you said earlier, Matt, one thing you nailed that a lot of people don't think about is a hygiene kit. Even if it's just like a little travel bag that you got from the uh, for, from a distant relative for the holidays, it's better than nothing. You have to remember, good hygiene is the first step in good first aid. Especially now that we know washing our hands is so important because yeah. we all forgot for a couple hundred years. Yeah, right. It's going to be the biggest takeaway from this whole crisis is wash your damn hands. And if you're in a long-term situation, you know, people can assure you the things that get you are the uh, are are the small things that you didn't exercise preventative medicine on, like a uh, a, a toothache turned turns to something where you need a root canal, right? Yeah. Especially now it, here in the U.S., you know, uh, a lot of dentistry has been considered non-essential, and people are being told to put it off. So brushing your teeth can make things a lot less painful for you in the long term. And this sound this may sound kind of silly. But the difference between um, having like brush your teeth fairly recently and not brushing your teeth for several days and then walking up to someone that you need help from, it psychologically can make a difference. I'm just saying that and it may not necessarily be true, but it could push, you know, push you towards success a little bit. Uh, people are judgy jerks. No, I agree with you. <laughs> it, it does make it does make a difference, uh, and that's not even being jerks. It's just maybe it's a subconscious thing. Uh, last two things: a survival guide. I would go for military publications, but there there are a lot out there. Uh, you can also find free PDFs for more long term stuff. Uh, but one one field manual I would recommend is FM twenty one seventy six. 
Survival, Evasion, and Recovery from the Department of Defense. It's a it's a field uh, survival guide, and it has a lot of valuable information there. Also, remember, all of those government-published manuals are yours. If you live in the U.S., you pay taxes. That's that's something that you are able to read. You know what I mean? It's not secret. It's not controversial for you to get one. You can find the free PDF and print it out. You can order a physical copy. You can go to, uh, well, it's tricky to go to a physical bookstore now, but you can find these easily. Last thing I would say is essential, a small notebook and some sort of writing implement for any number of reasons, even if it's just your personal sanity, uh, even if you need to document important dates, anything. It's, it's good to have one of those. It doesn't take up much room. It doesn't weigh a lot. And it gives you some, it gives you some sort of outlet. Things that are nice to have. We can just laundry list these. These all sound cool. I, I mentioned this earlier, an actual tent mm-hmm. with all the things that come with it, like steaks, extra cord, a hammock, something like that, or just, you know, a pop-up tent, whatever it is. That would be great. Yeah, yeah. A sleeping bag and a sleeping pad. Like you said, Noel, a camp stove, some mm-hmm. sterno. Those yeah, are or, great. Yeah, or like some nice collapsible pot, pots and pans and cutlery. I mean, you've seen those where they literally kind of Russian nesting doll inside of each other. Um, and I believe the cutlery is even uh, included in, in some of those collapsible sets, which is pretty cool. Um, like a small handsaw. You can get really compact ones of those. Hiking poles. Uh, I've always thought those were silly. But uh, after taking a, a pretty significant hike uh, in Los Angeles with my daughter up to Griffith Park Observatory, she uh, kept seeing these these folks with hiking poles, and she became obsessed with finding a stick so that she could brace herself. And it really does take some of the uh, stress off, you know. If you have a third point of contact, um, uh, it, it's a big deal, especially if you're at it for a long time, or God forbid, you're you're injured in any way. Right? Yeah. Uh, I would also add. I think it's nice to have a burner phone. I think it's nice to have something that is unattached to. Uh, whatever your regular phone is, but can also be charged by that crank charger. Uh, it's it's just good to have an alternative of communication there. Gotta love those prepaid minutes. You got to. Although, like, you know, people look askance at burner phones now because of everything we know from, like, Breaking Bad and The Wire. Right. But uh, for this situation, I could totally see it. Ben, I have to say, when I, when I saw this next note, uh, my mind immediately went to an actual tomahawk. Uh, Wait, a what? <laughs> like one of these? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or like I said at the top of the show, a batarang of some sort or perhaps a grappling hook. But no, um, we're talking about... Uh, some kind of high-end GPS that doesn't need a continuous internet connection that actually uses um, Ping's satellites. Ben, remember when we were in the quiet zone uh, uh, with car stuff? Um, yeah. And we had one of those. Mm-hmm. It was a game changer. It actually was an old-school Garmin that Scott Benjamin insisted on bringing along for that very reason. It was actually yeah. the only thing that worked when our phones would not work. It continued to work. Yeah, uh, and luckily there hadn't been a lot of construction in that area of the world because those maps it was using were from the 90s, but that was amazing. It got us out of there. Um, to your to your point about uh, you how you first literally thought it was a, a tomahawk, I would say I would like to recommend uh, those uh, sh- some sort of survival shovel multi-tool 
They're really great. You can find the, they're like a camp shovel that can also be an ax or a hatchet. It folds down. It doesn't take a lot of weight and it has a, a multitude of functions. So, so check those out. There are a couple of different brands. Uh, they're not all created equally, but do, do check them out. They don't belong in our next list. They're nice to have if you can get them. Our next list, the list of extreme things. A gun or some kind of firearm. Um, and if you are going to carry that with you and plan on using it, you're also going to want ammunition. And how about a cleaning kit to make sure it would actually function if you did need it? Yep. And uh, then you would think of like high-grade emergency kits for traumas. And I mean like hospital-level injuries. Like I, I know a guy who has a, a bullet wound kit. Uh, for some people, that's very extreme. For him, it is not. Uh, we also, you know, you might run into people who have heavy-duty painkillers, opioids that would normally only be prescription, uh, things of that nature, or, or, or very specific medical equipment. And and for the advanced user, we talked about this earlier, how it might be useless to, to folks like like you, you or I, but sutures and, and the ability like to really stitch up, you know, a bullet wound, like uh, if you were if you needed to do that to yourself uh, and keep it from getting infected and all of that. Um, things like hydrogen peroxide and, and uh, iodine and stuff, you know, like that would really come in handy as well. Uh, and then we get into things like body armor. That's real extreme because that is not lightweight at all. And that would take up a lot of room and you would really this would be much more in that on the lamb or being chased by the cartel kind of situation right yeah absolutely uh hopefully most people will not need body armor it's if you already have some it's it's good to have it especially if you put it in like your house or you put it in your vehicle or something uh but carrying it around your best bet is going to be just to be wearing it you know, and don't try to buy it now. I would say if you're a high roller, there is some clothing that is like somewhat bullet resistant and very interesting and not as heavy, but uh, only if you're a high roller. Yeah. What's that stuff called? Like there's there's a particular type of fabric. I'm My, not sure. I've got a tactical shirt. Is it made <laughs> of really thrill? interesting? Is it made of mithril? <laughs> it's really interesting. Probably not my favorite thing that, that I've ever purchased, but... Uh, uh, you know, you can get them. What was your price on that, if you don't mind me asking? I honestly don't know. It was a gift. Oh, So cool. I didn't buy it. Well, okay. I didn't buy it, but my money was used to buy it. Oh, man. <laughs> that makes sense. There is a website called bulletproofzone.com, and they have uh, a uh, MC Armor level concealed tank top. Uh, and it costs seven hundred and eighty nine dollars. Um, a bullet blocker, lightweight flight jacket is eight hundred and seventy nine dollars. And then we have a Talos Ballistics Phoenix BBL compression tank top um, for one hundred and sixty four dollars. But it is upgradable to level three A. Um, oh, yeah. good. so yeah. so my stuff was not. This expensive, just so you know. This okay. is real armor. This is real deal. They got a suit jacket uh, that's uh, eight hundred bucks, and then they've got like one of those nice puffy vests. Uh, they're they're referring to it as a casual vest that's six ninety nine ninety nine. So uh, this I would also include uh, in list of extreme stuff is 
all the action movie things that we like to think about using when we watch Mission Impossible or when we watch, you know, Taken or something, right? Uh, but you, unless you have been using nunchucks for years and years and years and years, there's no reason to keep them. You probably don't need grenades. You know what I mean? Uh, even if you found a, a great deal on some at a military surplus store, I'm calling myself out there. Don't You don't need to drive around with grenades in your car. Which brings us to this. What should not be in your bug out bag? Honestly, a ton of creature comforts need to go. We have to think about that thing our parents always told us. The difference between what we want and what we need. Like if you love to read books, I read all the time. If you love to read books, then take a Kindle and use that with your solar power charger instead of lugging around a miniature library. Yeah, and like carrying gas around could be tricky, but I mean, if you're really in a pinch and found yourself needing gas, uh, you could do that that old siphoning trick. Not to advocate stealing other people's gas, but um, absolutely could, could do that if you were really, really in a desperate situation. Carrying it around would be prohibitively heavy. Or if you do have that extra cash on hand, you could stop by a place that maybe has gas or trade. Just saying. Yeah. Uh, and unless you are already in a an environment where civilization or the normal rules of the day-to-day have collapsed, don't carry anything illegal in your bag. Because you have to remember, you're ideally going to have this sitting around for a while. So if you have, for example... Um, a gun that you do not have a license to carry or to uh, transport, then don't have it in there. If you have uh, an illegal recreational drug or some sort of illegal medicine in there, take it out because you never know. You might forget about it months down the road. You might get in a jam if the authorities find it and say like, hey, why is this... I don't, I don't know. What's a crazy drug? Like, why do you have this jar of ether in your trunk, sir? I mean, why would you have a jar of <laughs> ether anyway? Well, you know, yeah, I mean? it, it's it's an anesthetic. I mean, maybe you're just uh, thinking ahead in case you do get, you know, shot with some, yeah. you know, uh, rock salt or something. Or like marijuana, if you if you are in a state or a part of the world where that's illegal, or any any medication you do not have a prescription for. Let's leave it at that, right? Yeah, totally. That's a good way to put it. So there's not a here's where it gets crazy moment in today's episode at all. We're dealing with some stuff that can kind of be crazy and frightening for people anyway. But there is an important warning we have to we have to close with. It is this. A lot of those pre-made pre-packed survival bags are garbage. Garbage full stop. The supplies are cheaply made. They don't have some very important components. And they're often, especially now, overpriced. If you buy one... That's fine. If that's how you want to approach it, if you do buy one, make sure you go back through it with a fine tooth comb and you have to be prepared to sub out any of the stuff that you need. Uh, and, and don't be don't be surprised when you see a lot of disappointing stuff in the bag. Yeah, and, and it's not to say that all of these are complete ripoffs. There's a site that I found called StealthAngelSurvival.com that they don't seem incredibly gougy. They've got a lot of verified reviews. It seems like the materials that are in the uh, bags are the kinds of things we're talking about, like the hand warmers or you know certain flares and things like that. So as long as you can guarantee that the stuff that's in there is the same caliber that you would buy if you bought each piece individually, it maybe it is a fine way to go. But I do agree with you, Ben. I think the smartest way to go is just to buy every piece yourself because then you know exactly what you're getting and uh really quickly guys 
when you are looking to get stuff to put in there, don't let anybody sell you snake oil, please, because that is something we have seen consistently just through making this show. The That stuff exists. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, obviously not real snake oil, but just things that are too good to be true. There are products mm. out there on the internet that you can buy right now that will fulfill a lot of the purposes that we've talked about in this episode, but a lot of them are too good to be true. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Watch out for anything that is like brain clarity, you know, super pills, get off the grid, you'll be awake for 36 hours, You'll and you'll drink bone broth. You know, uh, watch out yeah. for that stuff. Well, and specifically kind of what you're saying there, Ben, about the prepackaged go bags. A lot of them really, I've seen several opened up and looked at them and it's just not, it's, I wouldn't trust my life or especially my son's life with, with a lot of that stuff. Um, and this is a really good time for us to be thinking about this kind of thing, but this is not, and let me repeat this, this is not the time to go out and buy a bunch of survival supplies. No. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. Don't, don't do it. Price gouging on everything from ammo to packaged food and even camping equipment is, is getting out of control. So see what you can put together at home. Write to us if you have any ideas, life hacks about how to repurpose something from everyday life into your go bag or your go home bag. I, and 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 really, I, I appreciate that point you're making about price gouging, Matt. Like uh, ammo in specific is out of control. It always goes out of control when we're in times like these. Um, a lot of packaged food, like dehydrated food. Um, so, like you see, you see this. This is a. Um, I'm just showing. I'm just showing the guys here. This is a case of uh, Mountain House. It's like a 12-pack case of dehydrated survival food. And, wow. Well, this is like, this was bargain basement stuff. This was not very expensive until, you know, the prices started jumping a few weeks ago. So if you are trying to buy stuff like that, uh, remember you can, you can get, if you're buying dehydrated stuff, you can get some of the same deals by just finding food that's already dried, like dried beans or rice, and you can work with that. That's a really good point, Ben. Well, well, we'll see. Hopefully it's a point no one ever has to use. But this brings us to the end of today's show. Uh, I know we went a little long, but we hope that you enjoyed it, found some constructive things. We want to hear from you. What's in your bug out bag? Let us know on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And write to us if you want to know what's in Paul Mission Control Deccan's bug out bag. Um, he's been making one the whole time we've been recording this episode. I could hear him in the background gathering all his materials. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook where we're Conspiracy Stuff. On Instagram, we are Conspiracy Stuff Show. Yeah, you can also, you know, we, we are also individual humans all in this together. Uh, if you want to check us out, what we're up to um, when we're not on the podcast, you can do so. I am at How Now Noel Brown on Instagram. And I am at Ben Bolin on Instagram. I'm also at Ben Bolin HSW on Twitter. Uh, go to Twitter to check out a new show that I circumstances had me starting called Strange News Daily. Uh, new episodes out every Monday through Friday. Uh, and if you have a story you'd like on the air, just hashtag it Strange Daily. It's a great time for that show, Ben, because there actually is strange news literally daily. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Hey, and it's from the creators of Stuff They Don't Want You To Know. And that's us. <laughs> oh, man. 
Oh, God, it's the end of the world. Okay, Matt, some people don't like social media. Uh, how, do, how do they get to us? Uh, well, give us a call. Our number is 1-833-STDWYTK. Uh, give us a call, leave us a message. It will go directly to my phone and Ben and Noel's phones, too. It'll just go everywhere. Uh, we will see it, and we will listen. Uh, if you don't want to do that, you can always reach us the good old-fashioned way. Send us an email. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. At- 